Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. for tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah here with Craig, and we have a trade to announce. PHNX Coyotes oh. has traded Steve Peters to PHLY Flyers. Another Bill Armstrong steal. In exchange for Charlie <laughs> O'Connor and future considerations. Charlie O'Connor from PHLY Flyers, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. It is great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. And I will say, I mean, the, maybe maybe P, maybe PHLY is getting the better end of the steal. They're getting someone who is actually in the game, who works in <laughs> hockey. I'm I'm just a blogger. I'm a lowly blogger who made his way up into journalism. So honestly, PHLY might be getting the steal here. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I have a different opinion, Charlie, but we'll <laughs> No, we love Petey. We love Petey. He's just uh, off today. He'll be back tomorrow, but we're really excited to welcome Charlie. And of course, the Coyotes are playing the Philadelphia Flyers tomorrow night, Thursday night. And it's two hot teams that are kind of defying expectations <laughs> yeah. of maybe not just everybody, but even us as well. Like, I think we feel pretty shocked about the Coyotes. I'm not sure how you guys are feeling about the Flyers, but... Uh, yeah, let's let's kick things off. Let's Craig. get right into it. And any discussion of the Flyers' early success, of course, has to start with a question about our beloved John Tortorella, who was <laughs> an assistant coach here over everything. Yeah, he <laughs> does <laughs> over everything. Torts does. In fact, Torts was displayed in our lobby today as he walked in. Charlie saw Torts right on the screen as he walked in. So let's talk about how do you, how do you evaluate his impact on this team? A year plus in now, Charlie. I think it's fair to say, and and part of this was because last year, Sean Couturier, who would have been the face of the team yeah. in the uh, the absence of Claude Giroux, they obviously trade Claude Giroux to two trade deadlines ago. John Tortorella became the face of the Flyers. Like Sean Couturier was maybe going to be that guy. He was probably going to be, you know, the leader, definitely the best player. He missed the entire season because he had to get a second back surgery. And John Tortorella became really the the face, the primary focus of the Philadelphia Flyers. They would have a video actually after, um, you know, before every game, like the, the pump up video at the arena, they've shown the Jumbotron and it ended with like just a big close up of John Tortorella's face. <laughs> so it was very clear they knew what they were doing, that yeah. this is now John Tortorella's team in more ways than one, definitely in terms of marketing, but also just in terms of the way they play. And I think what you're seeing this year with this Flyers team is that last year it was John Tortorella trying to, figure out how to build a team that would play his way. Some of that was trying to figure out which players would never play his way. Some of that was trying to figure out what he needed to get his team to play a John Tortorella style of hockey. I think this year, and this is a big reason why they've been better than expected, is because they're playing John Tortorella hockey. They they outwork teams, they check, they take chances, they take risks, but they generally do it in a way that doesn't lose their defensive soundness. Mm. Look, and we'll talk about this later on in the show, yeah. the Flyers 
have a roster that is not anywhere close to a cup contending roster. But John Tortorella right now, he's squeezing about as much as you can get out of this roster. And that's what he does. Yes, it is. That is is what he does. And that's what he's doing this year. Does his persona, and I don't even want to say who he is, because some, as you've probably discovered, what he puts out publicly isn't necessarily all that's there when you, when you talk to get to know Torts in private. Yeah. But does it fit that city? Is is he a good fit for the city of Philadelphia? I think I think yes. So the short answer is yes, he is. I do think there are some people who wonder if the Flyers would be better served for lack of a better term, with a worse coach right now in order to mm-hmm. get higher draft picks rather than a coach who will make the Flyers better than they actually are from a talent standpoint and get them the 12th overall pick rather than the third overall pick. But if you're talking about in terms of personality, if you're talking about in terms of the way he asks his teams to play, then absolutely. I think if the Flyers can come out on the other side of this and become a contending team with John Tortorella still as coach, I think Philadelphia fans are going to absolutely love John Tortorella. I don't think there will be anybody who dislikes him because he does, he's about as old school as a coach can be in 2023. Yeah. Like he actually, he has adapted in ways that I don't think he gets enough credit for, but there are certain parts of him that are never going to change. Like he's never going to stop loving fights. He's never going to stop believing that physicality is incredibly important. And that you, know, you saw it earlier this week when he was ranting about the, uh, the guarded Hathaway <laughs> yeah, hit yeah. that was penalized. He got a major and towards base just went on this rant about how players don't know how to take hits anymore. And it's, it's embarrassing and it's, it's bad for the game. Like that is never going to change about John Tortorella. And look, the Flyers obviously have different ages of fans, but they have a lot of fans who either still remember and live through the Broad Street Bullies or were brought up hearing stories from their dad or their grandfather about the Broad Street Bullies. So that element of physicality, that element of of bullying, for lack of a better word, it's very prevalent in the Flyers fan base in terms of what they expect from their teams. And I think John Tortorella he he exemplifies that as much as a coach in 2023 can. Yeah. We're going to dive into a lot more as it comes to the Flyers, but just overall, what would you say is the identity of this team right now? I mean, in truth, it's probably just work ethic. Like that is probably the identity in that they know they are most nights going to be the lesser talented team on the ice. But their basic point is we're going to outwork you. And if you're going to beat us, like you can beat us. If we're working really hard, you can still beat us. We have weaknesses. We have flaws in our lineup. But if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to play a good game. And you're going to have, you're not going to just be able to take this night off. And then, you know, midway through the second period, pop in four goals because we had breakdowns and boom, you, you exit with a victory. Like you're going to have to work your tail off to beat us. And you're going to have to earn it because we're not going to hand you anything. And you're going to have to fight for every part of that ice surface and there's maybe only been two or three games this year where i came away thinking they didn't work as hard as they could have the rest of the games even when they've lost you could tell the other team they they, they took their pound of flesh in other words like they made mm. it so that other team really had to get up to a high level to take down the flyers because nothing's going to come easy against this team and i think more than anything else that is their identity was san jose one of those games that was one of the, yeah. the san jose game was definitely one of the, the san jose game i think the flyers the first two periods did not show up because yeah. they thought it was going to be a cakewalk mm-hmm. and then in the third period they all collectively realized oh my god we might lose the team that hasn't won and they tried but then they ran into mckenzie yeah. blackwood who was playing like one of his good games of the year and he always for whatever reason plays well against the flyers because huh. he was a devil's goalie yeah, yeah. always played well against the flyers so that was a game where maybe they thought they could only play 20 minutes and they were 
it honestly was a good, it was, it served as a good reminder to them because maybe they were getting a little bit full of themselves and they were starting to think, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a pretty good team. Maybe, you know, we don't need to, to work as hard as Tortorella is telling us we have to work. Well, you lose the, the San Jose Sharks. It's a pretty quick <laughs> reminder that, yeah, we do have to work hard every <laughs> single night or else we're going to get embarrassed. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is this is the low of what that we can hit if we don't. That's interesting. Yeah, that, exactly. By the way, the PHOI Fire show after that game was like I was laughing out loud. It was very funny. Um, my, my co-host, Bill, was yeah. very, very angry. Yeah, that Bill, Bill did a good job, I feel like, speaking on behalf of Flyers fans. Um, we want to ask about Carter Hart um, because there, I feel like there was a lot of talk that he could get traded. He was really, you know, he came into the league pretty high had a cold year has he been good this year or just okay i would say he's been good i wouldn't say he's been great and i think for the last couple years so he had a really really bad year um not the pandemic year it was actually quite good in, in 2019 2020 had that great playoff series against the the montreal canadians where he outdoled carrie price the next year he was terrible and he's been open about the fact that a lot of that which i think a lot of people can relate to a lot of that was um, like anxiety and depression and mental health problems due to the pandemic was everybody was basically in lockdown. He was going to and from the arena, just going back to his apartment. He got into a, a rut in his game and he just kind of spiraled from there. The next two seasons, I actually think he played quite well. It's just the Flyers defensively were a mess. Yeah. So they made his numbers look worse than they would have been had he been playing in front of a much more structured and sound team. This year, the Flyers are a much more structured and sound team. I actually think he's probably playing a little bit worse this year than he played in maybe the past, the previous two years, even though the numbers look better, because the Flyers are just a better team and he's more or less putting up the same results. That said, recently, he's been quite good. I almost wonder if he's been... Sam Harrison, the, the backup goalie, has been playing really well since the start of November. I almost wonder if, if Hart... You know, there's a little bit of internal competition there. Yeah. Hart is the number one, to be clear. I don't think Sam Harrison is going to take the job, but you see your backup playing that well, it maybe pushes you a little bit where you want to you want to match that. And I kind of wonder if that's driving it because the last couple games, like he played on um, the last game, I believe was Monday against Pittsburgh. He was fantastic. Like that was, that was a back and forth trade chances game that somehow ended two to one because Carter Hart made that many great saves. So mm. I, I would expect him to play um, tomorrow night against the Coyotes. My guess is he'll play. And and I would expect if, he, if he's the same guy we saw on Monday, he's going to be a tough goalie to beat. Okay. Logan Cooley is obviously a, a rookie getting a lot of attention here, not as much as a certain other guy who's <laughs> on every highlight package every night, whether he's playing or not. Um, <laughs> but the Flyers have a couple of interesting rookies as well. I know you just wrote about Tyson Forster. I uh, want to also ask you about Bobby Brink. So, Floor is yours. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I guess I'll start with Brink. I, I think Brink is more of a surprise. I, I personally, I can tell you, I didn't expect Bobby Brink to make the team out of camp. Mm. He, uh, last year was kind of a rough developmental year for him. It got off to a late start because he had hip surgery that delayed his start to the season. I don't get a lot of time to watch the AHL just in terms of I'm um, covering the Flyers. That's my main focus. But the people I talk to who watch the, the the Lehigh Valley Phantoms regularly, whose hockey knowledge I respect, basically said that, yeah, he he racked up some points with the Phantoms. He didn't look that good doing it. That for a lot of the year, he kind of seemed like he was skating with a limp. He already had an awkward skating stride. So <laughs> he kind of got going at the end, got a little bit better, but... The people I talked to in the organization, there was some skepticism that he was actually going to be an NHL caliber player, that he might be more of a tweener. So I went into the uh, I went into training camp thinking it was a long shot of him making the team. And around the midpoint of camp, he just found another gear 
and really just played great and earned his way into that lineup. And he's been good. He got off to a hot start. I feel like he's dipped a bit. I almost wonder if he might be a little little fatigued. He hasn't played a ton of games over the last few years. He was a college guy, played for University of Denver, so yeah. didn't have the most demanding schedule. Then last year only played about half the season because of the, the hip surgery. So I suspect there might be a little bit of them, you know, not quite Leo Carlson rules, but similar idea of let's not like overload this guy with games. So he's getting some scratches, but he's going to be in the lineup tomorrow. So expect to see him. He's he's an intriguing player because he's such a good playmaker. He's small. He's not the best skater, but man, he can see the ice well. And if he makes it, it's going to be as I think like a 60, 55, 60 point top sixer, which is why he was sort of a boomer bus guy. You know, right. if he doesn't make it as that, he's probably not an NHL player. But so far this year, I've seen enough to think that he might be able to be that quality second line winger that they want him to be. As for Forrester, I mean, he to me has been he's been the revelation just in terms of what I think he could potentially become. So he got off to a really slow start offensively, wasn't scoring. Now, he's always been a sniper. He got drafted high because he's got this powerful shot. That's why he was a first-round pick. He just couldn't score to start the year. And it got to the point where you wondered, were they going to send him down? And I think they would have, except for the fact that he was doing everything else so well hmm. like his underlying advanced metrics if you're talking about his impact on expected goals his impact on shot differential through the roof one of the best one of the best on the team one of the better forwards honestly in hockey at times depending upon whether it was after a really good game or not and i think that's why they gave him as long of a leash as they did well finally over these last few games he's starting to score yeah. you know he had he had two goals against um against the devils had a really nice snipe against the penguins this past weekend then another nice snipe against the penguins back home in philly it just seems like the scoring is coming around but what's exciting is that the details are still there too mm. and you start to think to yourself okay if this is a guy who can drive play and do all the little things right and then also rip 30 35 goals a year you got a really good player on your hands. And that that's exciting because I always looked at him as a guy who was more going to be an offensive specialist, you know, more of a pure sniper, and that's all he provides. If he can be a great two-way guy and a pure sniper, then you have a really exciting player on your hands. Uh, PD, who's here in the chat, said, P.S., Brink is from Minnesota, just in case you didn't know. I don't know if you knew this, but Petey is from Minnesota and doesn't and brings it up at every possible... Uh, he sure is. That's actually one of the reasons why the Flyers drafted him, because he was drafted by the Chuck Fletcher-Brent Flair duo when they were running in Philadelphia. And Brent Flair, who's actually still in Philadelphia, Brent actually has known Brink and his family since he was a little kid. Oh my so gosh. he's been following him <laughs> for years. That's Daniel, is there a way to... Just ban him from the <laughs> We'll put him in five-minute okay. timeout. Yeah, um, yeah, just a five-minute time would be oh fine. Oh, yeah. boy. We could uh, just keep repeating those <laughs> for another 40 minutes. Well, well, Jeff in the chat mentioned Sean Couturier from Phoenix, Arizona. Yes. Of course. Of. Yeah, we, you know. Sort of. Whatever. It's, it's we'll written it. there. It says it by his name. Yep, yep. Um, with Phoenix Roots, we could at least say. Um, he's bounced back from his second back surgery. Has he been this season? He's been really good. And I honestly think he's starting to get even closer to what he was pre-surgery. That was a real question mark for the Flyers mm. because this is a guy who pre-injuries was a yearly Selkie contender, one of the best two-way centers in hockey and a guy who could, you know, maybe he wasn't a hundred point guy, but he could approach point per game every year. He was legitimately, in my mind, one of the most underrated players in the game in terms of his all-around impact on games. He has the back surgery in uh, in 2021, 2022. They think it's fine. Then he shows up. He basically, he apparently he'd been talking to Chuck Fletcher that summer. He said, I still don't feel great, but maybe this is the way I'm supposed to feel. Then 
He goes in, skates a little bit, has another tweak, has to get a second back surgery. Now you're coming up on a guy who two back surgeries, plays center, he plays a physical position. He's always played not a hitting game, but a game where he plays through contact. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a guy who's battling down in the corners. He's winning puck battles. That's his game. He's not a burner. Coming off two back surgeries, and now he's 30 years old going on 31. I don't think the Flyers had any idea what they were going to get out. And they were hoping he was going to be Sean Couturier again, but they had no idea. He came back and really from the jump, he's looked pretty darn close to what he was to the point where you wonder if there's any drop off, if that might just be because he's two years older, not because the back injuries had any impact yeah. on him mm -hmm. at all. And I mean, I can say from a personal note, like it's been really nice to see him playing hockey again i've always really loved his style of play and he's just a good guy like it's funny you mentioned the the phoenix arizona thing i remember this was years ago i um i was on a trip this is back when the coyotes were still playing at hill river and they lost they got blown out by uh by the coyotes for uh, for whatever reason i don't remember the details of the game but two days before i had asked the flyers pr guy can i do a one-on-one -on -one with coots about um, his Phoenix roots, you know, coming back home and whatnot. Can we, can we do that interview? And the first day I think like they had to run, so I couldn't do it then. Then before the game, their bus was late. So the Flyers PR guy was like, okay, he'll definitely do it after the game. Don't worry. So they get blown out. And I, I went up to the PR guy before the game and I basically said, look, like they're probably in the worst mood possible after that game. I understand if he wants to do it at the next city, no big deal. And he was like, no, no, Sean said he definitely wants to do it. He promised he's going to do it. <laughs> uh, and was he, it Zach, by the way? Who, who are you dealing with? Uh, it was Zach at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah nice, it was pre-PR nice. pre, pre, uh, pre -PR, yeah. PR guy switch. But uh, interview Coots, and, you know, he obviously wasn't in the best mood, but, like, he, he put on a brave face, you know, even smiled a few times, gave he's me awesome. something. And it was, it was a story that it turns out, like, he lived there when he was like one years old, exactly. doesn't remember a thing about, about Phoenix, <laughs> doesn't feel any connection with the city at all beyond that he happened to be born there because that's when his, his father was playing for a minor league team. The Roadrunners, yeah. Exactly, in the area. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where like, he's a good guy. Yeah. You know, he's a guy where yeah. it, it would have been very easy for him in that situation to just say, now nah, we lost five, nothing, whatever the score was. I have no interest in talking to this guy about a non story, like literally a story that isn't even really a story. Yeah. And he's just, he's, he's a good guy to cover. And it's, it's really, it's nice as an observer and someone who covers the team to see him back and form. Yeah. It's probably the Phoenix roots that that's like, what yeah, of course, yeah, probably of course. Like, yeah. So we're going to move off personnel after one more question, and we're going to get into uh, some themes that maybe relate a little more to the Coyotes. Okay. Um, but I got to ask you before we move on, what's up with Barrett Hayton's good buddy Morgan Frost? What, what's, <laughs> oh, what's geez. There? I forgot. Yeah, they played on the same junior team. Yeah, yeah geez. Um, yeah, that's a whole thing. If I had to say, look, what it really boils down to is, is that John Tortorella has a a big voice in this Flyers rebuild. The, the Flyers have dubbed it the triumvirate. It's John Tortorella, the head coach, Danny Breer, the general manager, also a guy with, with Phoenix Roots. Lots of, Lots yes, of Phoenix we Roots. We love Danny. <laughs> um, and, then, and then Keith Jones, who's the president of hockey operations. That is the triumvirate in terms of decision-making. It's very clear that John Tortorella is not sold on Morgan Frost as someone who has to be part of this moving forward. In, mm. not, in, not in the same way that he sold on, say, Owen Tippett, who is taken in the same draft class as Morgan Frost. He's the same age. Owen Tippett doesn't get scratched. Noah Cates, prior to his injury, he's out six to eight weeks with a uh, with a broken foot. He was never getting scratched. Morgan Frost is the the guy that he that that he scratches when he wants to shake up the lineup, and that's just like the the panic button. Okay, what do I do? Scratch Morgan Frost. Morgan Frost, I think, is a good player. In, two, in the final two thirds of last season, he led the team in scoring. He's got offensive ability. I do wonder if. 
he'll ever be more than like a sheltered third liner on a good team. And I think that might be what Tortorella sees. My thought was the Flyers are rebuilding. The Flyers are trying to figure out what they have in their young guys. This is the perfect year to figure out what you have in Morgan Frost. Give him 82 <laughs> games. Tell Basically, think about it in your head and say, hey, if, if he can be a 60-point guy, then we'll make a spot for him. If he's a 45-point guy, then you know what? We gave it a shot. We'll trade you away to a team where you can fit better. John Tortorella just doesn't seem to have that same view. His thing is that I think I know this guy doesn't fit, so I am not going to cater to him. If he bangs the door down, you know, if someone gets hurt and he just starts scoring like crazy, I'll make a spot for him. But I'm not going to keep playing the same way like he kept playing Tyson Forrester. Tyson Forrester had no goals through 15 games. Yeah. He kept playing him because he likes Tyson Forrester. He sees Tyson Forrester as a guy who's definitely part of the future. He just isn't willing to treat Morgan Frost that same way. And is it a little unfair to Frost? Yeah, I think he does. He earned better treatment by the way he played last year. But this is what happens when John Tortorella is your coach. John <laughs> Tortorella has guys he likes and guys he doesn't. And Morgan Frost is a guy he just isn't sold on. And that's <laughs> well, not going to change unless Morgan Frost plays so well that it just makes it impossible to hold that opinion. We're familiar longer. with that. Rick talk. It's kind of the same way. Is he really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but Andre Turney couldn't be more different than that, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, um, yeah. Still so much more to talk about. We're going to talk about kind of the Flyers as a whole. We'll preview tomorrow night's game and ask some Flyer Philadelphia-related questions as well as uh, get some Coyotes updates. But I was curious what the line was on tomorrow's game on BetMGM and the Coyotes Coyotes are minus 115, but the Flyers are minus 105. So this is kind of a neck and neck matchup as far as a betting perspective, the over-under set at six. Uh, so plenty of intrigue there over at BetMGM if you want to put some money on this game, if you think the Coyotes are going to stay hot and sweep this homestand. We'll have to wait and see, um, but I do have a BetMGM parlay pick of the week. This one's courtesy of Shane, who, you know, PD does the deep and lock because he always has some great picks, and Shane calls this one. I the, heard he's in town. He is in town, and he's going to the game tomorrow night, nice. um, and this one's called the O Canada Parlay, and it's the Toronto Raptors minus four. And then a same game parlay with the Hurricanes and Oilers. It's the Oilers money line and McDavid anytime goal scorer. So all those three things combined, it's a plus 501 parlay over at BetMGM. So if you're interested in taking up Shane up on that parlay, you can do so over at BetMGM. And if you haven't signed up yet, use the bonus code PHNX. When you do, you can place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile application of at least $10. And if that bet loses, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 46 7369 New York. Call 1-800-327-5050 Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Now, Petey's not here today. He is in the chat. So, Petey, if you're still here in the chat, give us a thumbs up if you're drinking a wink right now. That would not surprise me one bit because Petey is a huge fan of wink it's a seltzer with just a wink of thc um and they're amazing just for 
like calming down your anxiety. And, and the best part is you get to experience THC in a, in a drink form, which is makes it great if other people are drinking alcohol. And it's maybe a drink that's that was really made thing. for PD, actually. It, it yeah. really yeah. was. <laughs> We're huge fans of Wink here at PHNX. And we have a phenomenal offer for you because right now, if you buy them online in 1224 and variety packs and use promo code PHNX, you'll get an additional 50% off your total order. This is our best promo code mm-hmm. by far. Make sure you take advantage of this now. Again, use promo code PHNX um, at drinkwink.com. That's W-Y-N-K.com to get 50% off your order of Wink. So check it out. And I'm looking forward to hear if PD is partaking. I'm waiting for that thumbs up, <laughs> but I know it's going to come. Is he there? Okay. All right, Charlie, let, let's talk about some themes that we're familiar with here in Arizona. Let's talk about the Flyers' philosophy on the future. Oh, is, here we go. <laughs> is this a rebuild? What's happening here? It's definitely a rebuild, but the big thing that Danny Briere has made this clear literally from his very first day as interim GM before he was even named the official GM, even though that very quickly seemed like it was a foregone conclusion that he was getting the job. It's not a tank. It's a rebuild, but it's not a tank. We're not going to gut this thing. We're not going to go out of our way to try to get a top three pick, but we are rebuilding. We are now pivoting our focus towards building for the next great Flyers team, not trying to win as many games as we can this year. So it is a rebuild. However, I do think it's fair to wonder if having a coach who can squeeze the most out of a team like John Tortorella can <laughs> is the right way to go about this rebuilding. Familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where the push and pull comes in. And I think yeah. it's probably the most, it's probably the biggest discussion point within Flyers fandom right That's now. That's why I was going to lead to you. How, how do yeah. the fans feel about this yeah. early success? I, I think I think the, the majority of fans are ch- kind of just taking it in stride. It's still fairly early in the season. I, we're getting into December now, so now we're getting a little bit closer into where these, these things could hold. But look, the way I look at it is the Flyers are, in a lot of ways, exceeding expectations to as much of a degree as could have been reasonably expected. They are way better than anybody thought. Yep. And they're still like a bubble team. If even just a few things drop off, they're going to lose a lot of games. And that's the interesting thing about when you talk to John Tortorella, because they went on a run in November. And after every game, after every win, you know, there's nothing a coach loves more than to stick it to the media and, you know, do the whole nobody believes in us. You know, <laughs> all you guys picked us to be terrible. And now look how great we are. You are you're all wrong. John Tortorella would go up in front of us and just be like, Oh, don't worry. We're going to lose. We're going to lose games. Just you wait. And it's just like, even they know that this is a little bit unsustainable, that they're not this good. And just a glimpse into why it's a blast to cover him. It is. It it is is a lot of fun. Yes. It's a lot of fun. But no, that's the thing is like internally, I think they realize that they're probably playing a little bit over their heads right now. But the way they look at it is, and I think this is the way that fans probably should look at it, rather than be so obsessed with whether they're going to get the fifth overall pick versus the tenth overall pick, is if the reason why they're winning is because Tyson Forrester is developing quicker than expected, if Bobby Brink is making a bigger contribution, if Owen Tippett scores 30-plus goals, even if some, some older guys like... Sean Couturier, for example, he signed for another six years on a massive contract with a no movement clause. And if he just stunk coming back from the back surgery, even if 
four years down the line, the Flyers have a few star players they got via high draft picks. If they have a massive cap albatross because Sean Gatturi is a fourth line center making $8 million a year, yeah. that's going to hurt their chances of success. So the fact that Gatturi has come back and looks like he might even be like a positive value player on that contract. The fact that mm. Travis Sanheim has had a massive bounce back year. He's on a contract that could have been an albatross. There's been a lot of developments that I actually think speed up how long this rebuild might take. Now, that's not to say it's definite. They still need to hit on their draft picks. They still need to, to make shrewd trades. They need to make some good signings. Like, this isn't fixed by any means. But if you have a good second tier of impact players, which I think they are slowly starting to, to, to build back up, Travis Konechny, Sean Couturier, maybe Owen Tippett, Tyson Forrester, maybe Joel Farabee's taking a step forward. Travis yeah. Sanheim, especially for the first two months, maybe like six weeks of the season, looked really good. He's dipped a little bit recently. If that can be your second tier, then you're just kind of crossing your fingers that guys like Mave Mitchkoff and Cutter Gauthier, guy yeah. Gauthier, another guy with uh, with Arizona um, connections, I believe. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, if they can be the stars they have a good base right under them to provide them with depth and maybe take that leap back into contention. The question is whether they can pull it off and whether those top prospects can be those guys. It's a lot to put on them, it but is. there is a path. Well, and let's, let's stay on that then, because when you look down the road, I, I think I researched this correctly, they have two first-round picks, two second-round picks, this, this yes. upcoming draft. Yes, but after probably. that, it's just yes. basically your normal draft capital. So it's not like they have an abundance. And a lot of times, Bill Armstrong certainly <laughs> believes, okay, you can't count on... Yeah, every one of your guys that you hope to be a star hitting. Exactly. So you do it in volume. So are they content with sort of the draft capital they have now and the fact that they have a pipeline that Corey Promen ranked number 11 in the NHL? Or do they feel like maybe they need to address that as well? I think they view this draft as a big one. I would expect. So my guess is that they are going to get a couple more assets at this upcoming deadline. I, the big guy that could be a legitimate trade target for teams is Sean Walker. He's okay. had a very surprisingly good year. He was kind of a cap dump from LA. They got him in the Proveroff deal. He's been a revelation. He's healthy. He's been great under Tortorella. And as a right-handed shooting defenseman who's getting 20 minutes a night on a cheap contract, that's the kind of guy that maybe a team overpays and gives you a first-round pick a late first-round pick, but a first-round pick. Suddenly, you got three first-round picks this year. Then maybe you can trade away a guy like Nick Sealer, get a mid-round pick for him. Then, all you, I, I don't think they're going to blow it up. I don't think they're going to trade everybody. But you've got guys like Konechny. You've got guys like Scott Lawton. You've got guys, honestly, even like Carter Hart. I don't know if they keep all three of those guys. I would lean towards them probably trying to maybe re-sign Konechny. I think they see a fit there with him. He's young enough. Yeah. He, he really has embraced Philadelphia. He's a popular guy, and he's also just a guy who seems like he's getting better every year. Carter Hart's an interesting one because there's the Hockey Canada situation that complicates that. I don't know if teams would be willing to to pay for him without knowing how that's going to ultimately be resolved and if he was or was not involved in the situation. Um, then you've got Scott Lawton, who is on the older side, did have teams interested in him in the offseason and could be one of those guys that other teams look at as something of like a Blake Coleman, like a Barclay Goudreau, who you okay. overpay for him because you think he can be that that character grit guy in your bottom six. So they have pieces they can sell. I don't think, as I said, I don't think they're going to blow it up, but I would expect them to, to get a few more draft pick assets in the coming months, starting with the deadline and then into the summer, I don't think they're going to have the kind of draft capital the Coyotes st stored up. I don't know because if anyone don't, does. Exactly. Like, I, I don't see that happening. But I do think that they're not content with the draft capital they have. 
Interesting. Um, I want to talk about just stick on the draft conversation because this past summer, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about the top prospects and um, obviously Matt Mamichkov was a huge topic of discussion and he ends up landing in Philadelphia. So if you're able to, can you take us a little bit behind the scenes of how that came to be for them eventually landing Mitchkov um, as it was a quite a, a controversial player in the draft? Yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. Um, well, I think the Flyers had a couple things going for them in that because as as both of you know, I'm sure Mitchkov's camp had teams that he wanted to go to and teams he didn't want to go to. And I believe the Coyotes were one of the teams he didn't want to go yes, to. They were. So, yep. <laughs> exactly. So the Flyers had a leg up on other teams in a few areas. Number one, I do believe that Mitchkov wanted to go to what he considered to be a big hockey market. You know, it didn't necessarily have to be, you know, the Montreal Canadiens or the Toronto Maple Leafs, but he wanted to go to a place where he felt like hockey was a big deal. And I think he just determined that Philadelphia qualifies. That was number one. Number two, the Flyers had one thing going for them in that Ken Hudikoff, one of their scouts, is actually based in Russia. So while you'll never find out exactly how much communication he was able to have directly <laughs> yeah. with Matthew Mitchkov, he was able to scout him in person, which not a lot of teams could do given all of the restrictions and everything going on in Russia. And I'm sure he was able to have conversations with people, even if it wasn't with Mitchkov, with people around him to try to, you know, kind of get an idea as to whether the Flyers were comfortable with Mitchkov, given the fact that there were rumors and concerns about his character, about his fit in the locker room with, with his teammates and whatnot. So the Flyers were able to do a lot more research. They lucked into the fact that they were a market that Mitchkov was willing to go to. And then this, the Friday before the draft, they basically, because Mitchkov got in, I believe, to New York on Thursday, they basically snuck Mitchkov into the Flyers practice facility on Friday for an unofficial visit. The Friday before the draft, he mm. met with Jonesy, he met with Briere, he met with, I believe, Dan Hilferty, who is essentially the, the CEO in charge of the ownership group. And Mitchkoff seemed 100% sincere that he wanted to come to Philadelphia, that Philadelphia not only was a team he was willing to go to, it was his top choice out of the teams that he thought he could possibly go to. And okay. I, think, I think it was that, like, if there were any remaining doubts from the Flyers as to whether Mitchkoff was their guy. Hearing this potential superstar say, Philly's my top choice, I want to be here, that sold everybody. They were just like, all right, he's who else was on his list that he was willing to go to? Any idea? I think think Washington. I think he would have... My understanding based on the conversations I had with people in the Flyers organization was that the team that they were really worried about was Montreal. They were worried because... I believe he would have went to Montreal and obviously Montreal was picking fifth. They were picking two picks before the Flyers. They yeah. were not worried about Arizona for reasons, as <laughs> as you said, that they knew that Arizona wasn't going to pick him. But they knew that if Montreal picked him, that he would have went there. And then they they kind of had an idea the top four picks were not going to be Mitchkoff, that everybody was pretty much locked in in terms of those guys. Montreal was a team that they were, they, they were biting their nails on. And I think Mitchkoff would have went there, but Montreal went a different direction and the Flyers have Mitchkoff. Hmm. hmm. Wow. Interesting behind the scenes. All um, right. Go ahead. On, on the subject of draft, we have to ask you about the sphere because we just found this <laughs> yes. out yesterday that the NHL draft is going to be at the sphere in Las Vegas. And we're excited because, you know, the Coyotes, they wear their matching outfits. So we saw an early preview of what they're going to be showing at the sphere this summer. <laughs> Let's take a look. Yeah. Um, they're going to show. I mean, <laughs> why not show the show the Coyotes brass on the sphere walking in in their matching suits? Uh, there's so many possibilities here. I, for one, am excited about the NHL draft at the Sphere. So I'm curious about your thoughts and also about the NHL's decision to decentralize the draft after uh, this upcoming 
summer. I mean, I'm pumped to just go to the sphere. Yeah. It, it seems <laughs> right? so cool. I don't know if it's something where like when you see it, it's less cool than it seems from watching videos, <laughs> yeah. but I'm just, I'm just excited. I'm intrigued. It's, it'll be fun. I'm glad they're doing it one more time for it, for it to be a big meetup for everybody to come. Look, if you're asking me like what I feel about it, I'm biased. I love the draft as it is. I think it's a spectacle. I think it's unique. It's unique to the NHL. It's fun as a writer to meet up with all yeah. my fellow writers and kind of come together and have sort of a summit. I'm, I'm not at the athletic anymore. We always used to have our athletic writers summit, but yes. we'll just have an unofficial athletic <laughs> writers summit <laughs> with a, at, at a bar, I'm sure. So that's disappointing. Do I get why the NHL is doing it? Sure. I, I get that ownership and by virtue ownership, Gary Bettman, they are short-sighted people who care about the dollar and this will save the money. And I get that. It was expensive. It's it an was, expensive it, thing. It, it was and expensive. this one's going to be really expensive, yes, by the way. Yes, exactly. But. This is like the last blowout party. So, so it's very hard for me to separate my own bias from fans, my But too. That's the yeah. thing that I think about yeah. here. The, not just the fans. Let's talk about the players. Like, there will be some media there, but it's basically going to be a rights holder media. We're going to have to stay home because yeah. we're going to want to be where the brass is. Exactly. I, I think that's what we're going to do anyway. It's it's a tough choice. When I covered the NFL, that's what we did. You stay home because you want to be able to talk to the GM and whoever else comes down. And then you get the player on a conference call. Everybody gets the same quotes. Everybody has the same story. Worse yet for me, aside from the fans missing out on this opportunity, those players, it's a special, special moment. And I see, we saw it when we're talking to players they get excited. They're yeah. excited to talk to all these media members that want to ask them about their career, about their life story. They're not going to get that now. I think that's that's cheating them a little bit out of their big day. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. And also just the fact like, I mean, you you both, I'm sure, saw it in Nashville, you know, the night after the, the first round, the night after the second round, you'd just see guys just walking around with their jerseys, yeah. walk, walking yeah. up and down the street. You'd see one of them in a bar. I don't know how they got in, but you see, <laughs> but seriously, like it was just, it was a really cool atmosphere. And I think that was also really cool for the fans where you'd be walking down the street and you see a guy wearing, you know, a St. Louis Blues jersey <sighs> with like the year number. You're like, oh my God, that was that guy they picked with the 20th pick or something. Yeah. It was it was just, it was unique. It was it unique to the NHL, and now it's going to be like everything one else. Of the, one of the few things they got <laughs> right over other sports, and they're taking it away. Exactly. Oh, it's mind-boggling. Classic, Sorry. classic. Um, all right, well, once again, still more to talk about. We have some Coyotes updates. All text, I promise. We will get to your Super Chat. Um, but first... Danielle is going to hand deliver me a lottery scratcher. I think we're searching for something for me to scratch it with so I don't ruin my manicure. Um, all right, here we go. We got a holiday scratcher. So, yeah, so Charlie, we we get to do lottery scratchers live on the air here, okay. which is pretty fun. So Arizona Lottery, they have their holiday scratchers, which are great stocking stuffers, by the way. Um, and we're going to play to win. We've are, we've won $2 already. Um, so I'm just going to go we for split it. it. Yes, we split it among the four of us. Um, so we got 50 cents each. So this one's a fun one. We just have to get the present and then the present is our prize money. So we will see. We can win up to $100 or excuse me, $500 here. Um, but you can buy Arizona lottery scratchers basically anywhere, including Circle K, mm -hmm. Fry's, Walmart, um, Safeway, wherever. So let's see. We didn't win the other night, but it's okay because they only cost a dollar. So let's see. We're going to get to Circle K in a minute too, by the way. Yeah, we are. Um... Okay, one we did not win again. Totally fine. Totally fine, because we'll play again. 
Yeah, this week. I'll scratch it next time. Yeah, maybe yeah. you'll be better luck. Uh, yeah, we'll try. Um, is, is there, like, do you guys keep track of who has the better win percentage in terms I, of the scratch offs? You're keeping track of the winnings, right? Didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not great. Oh, for So far. Yeah, we're the only ones that have won anything so far. Okay. Ah, well, yeah. But you know what? We're having a great time doing it. Yeah, we, I love, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, that was so fun. So <laughs> go out and buy your holiday scratchers today. And as I mentioned, you could buy those at Circle K. So next time you're at Circle K, to fill up on gas, swing by and check it out. Um, and by the way, if you haven't joined the inner circle yet, I always talk about the gas savings, um, the 25 cents savings on your first five fill-ups, but you can also save three cents per gallon every day when you're in the inner circle. And they also have just something different every day. Um, like they had free cookie day. You can get buy one, get <laughs> one. You can just win prizes every day on the inner circle app. So just so many extra reasons to join the inner circle and it's completely free. All you have to do is download the circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit circlek.com for details. All right. Details. Well, that's a word that starts with D. It is. And mm. you know what else starts with D? Dursey, Dermot, Draft, Draft Defenseman, and Dirt. And dirt. The five things, I think the that's five. Ds. The five Ds that we're going to spend a few minutes talking about um, mm-hmm. for some Coyotes updates. So, Craig, I'll throw it to you because you have a lot of updates here. Okay. So, defenseman Sean Dursey, who was, of course, injured in the last game. Um, I think it was uh, somebody by the name of Tom Wilson who may have injured him. I don't know if him. you've yeah, heard of him. Heard He's him actually flies Un- under the radar. He flies, <laughs> he flies <laughs> under the radar Imagine in the Tom NHL. Wilson injuring yeah. uh, Sean Dursey is fortunately day-to-day. Uh, Andre Turigny said today that He's doubtful for the game against the Flyers, but he's going to make the road trip. So they think he's going to be back pretty soon. That's really good news. Travis Dermott was on the ice. We don't know yet if he's going to return to the lineup, but he did have a baby. We're still trying to get details on the baby. It's 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 a little frustrating that I don't have details on the baby yet. I hope to have them <laughs> by the show. Congratulations but to con- the Dermott yes, family. Yes, so exactly. Exciting. That's that's a cool moment always. Um we don't really have to say any more about the draft, do we? Because we just yeah, talked we just about, talked about, about it. it. We just but we about just it. wanted a fifty. Yeah, we did want a 50. Okay. Uh, they, they recalled a defenseman from Tucson today with uh, Sean Dursey out. And it's a name that you look at the name, you say, oh, it's, it's Patrick Koch or Patrick Koch, um, but he's Slovakian. So anytime we have a Czech or Slovakian player, we go to our source for pronunciation. <laughs> we go straight to Redeem Verbata. So here is how to pronounce his name straight from Redeem Verbata. Patrick Koch. Just as we all thought. Yeah, and Koch. I will not be saying that. <laughs> Koch. Well, you really got to, from the you throat. You really do. Really. You, you can all have right. fun with it. There okay. we go. And then the last D is dirt. You might have seen. This is the thing people have been waiting for. Pretty sure that you saw the video that I tweeted on the drive-in. Uh, Remy Masti was with me, by the way. He's in the, in the uh, studio right now watching the show. Shout out, Remy. Uh, we, we stopped by a certain site uh, off a certain exit on the 101, the 64th Street exit ramp that goes to nowhere it does go to nowhere goes nowhere right now so you know we'll see we'll see leah we'll Hmm. see if that plot of land eventually becomes something else we don't know yet if it's going to happen obviously nobody knows but this as i said in my story on sunday this is probably the last chance for this ownership group they got to get it done we all know the deadlines it's got to be coming by the end of the season gary bettman has made it pretty clear that the NHL needs to know for its scheduling as well, which it is in the midst of putting together right now. So the clock is ticking. Could this be the site? We've, we've talked about the, the merits of the site. We'll see. Now you know where it is. I think everybody pretty much knew where it is already, actually, based on all the reports that have come out recently. Um, but we, we got a chance to look at it, to scan the desert. And as 
our good friend George Richards in Florida said, I thought this was a scene from Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, uh, I know that's kind of the big thing, the elephant in the room uh, that to talk about is the arena. And of course, if there's any further updates, we will have them for you and Craig will have them as well. And um, if you haven't checked out his story from Sunday, go phnext.com, check it out. And by the way, just on the subject of the website, we have a diehard membership sale right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you knew this. We haven't done this at all this year. This is the only time this year we're going to do it. And Danielle, can we pull up what the deal is? $59.99 for yearly membership. That's $20 off right now. Um, just now and through, until Sunday. So if you're not a diet, if you've been on the fence, this is the time. And what a gift to give an Arizona sports fan this holiday season, the gift of a diehard membership that gets you 20% off in our locker, 20% off on events, a free shirt or hat at sign up, a diehard welcome box with stickers and, and your free shirt or hat. Just so many perks, the discord as well. Great gift for yourself or for the sports fan in your life. And make sure you capitalize on this right now because this is only through the weekend. As you know, there's written content behind that paywall yes. as well. There's plenty of written content coming from our stable of writers. There's something else coming, Leah. We're going to have a diehard blog Ooh. populated by all of the people at PHNX who just will throw their thoughts or rumors or news that they hear in that blog, and it will be available only to diehards. That's We're going to have more on that very soon. Ooh, that's going to be that's launching That's news to me. Soon. How fun. So there you go. And by the way, this sale is across the network. So if you want to check out PHLY, uh, they have a diehard membership as we well. Do. So mm -hmm. you can become a diehard to all four cities. So for that price, go for it. Um, we do have a, a roster move. The Coyotes reassigned Patrick Koch to Tucson. Oh, well, that's interesting. So Okay. Maybe that means Dermot could be back or, or it could Jersey. be a paper move or who yeah, knows. I don't we'll know. See. But we'll, see. we'll know tomorrow. Um, so a short stint for well, Patrick. Yeah, could, be, could mean that Travis Dermot is playing too. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So we will we'll see. find out tomorrow. We will see. Um, well, we want to ask Charlie some fun Philly related questions. Before we do, I do want to make sure we, we had a question from one of our um, listeners, a super chat. And this one comes from Altex who said, Charlie, does Atkinson still have issues with torts considering his disliking reported in Columbus previously? Not sure if disliking is the right word. So I don't believe that he dislikes Tortorella. Um, number one, I'd never gotten that impression talking with Cam Atkinson. I, I think that, look, the way that John Tortorella coaches is that he pushes guys. He pushes guys and you're going to butt heads. And Tortorella's viewpoint is that that's a good thing, that he wants, like, he wants to come at a player in a tape session and make it very clear what that player did wrong. And then he wants that player to push back on him and say, no, this is what I was thinking. Actually, you know, and he wants that, that combat, that battle. And I think there were probably times, especially in the early part of Cam Atkinson's career, where Cam Atkinson and Tortorella probably butted heads. Cam Atkinson's a fiery guy. He's an emotional guy. And John Tortorella obviously is. So probably at times, I bet if you dug through the, uh, the archives, you could find some stories about Cam Atkinson maybe being frustrated here and there with John Tortorella. But I think... In the end, Cam Atkinson would say that he became the player that he ultimately became, you know, a 40 goal scorer, in part because of John Tortorella's coaching. And when Cam Atkinson came here and when Cam Atkinson found out that John Tortorella was going to be the coach, from my understanding, when they were looking at when they were looking at coaches, Cam Atkinson was one of the people who's, who went to the, the ownership and went to the, the people in management and said John Tortorella would be a good fit here. So I don't think this is a case at all of Cam Atkinson having to deal with John Tortorella again. I think Cam Atkinson's happy to be playing on John, under John Tortorella. All right. We're, uh, we're running short on time, so these are going to be quick hitters for you, but I'm going to ask right. you a little bit about Philadelphia. Let's do it. Culture. First of all, the fans. They have a... <laughs> 
sometimes violent reputation. Um, <laughs> blue Passionate. collar, in your face, crass, all those things. Is the stereotype well-founded? Um, yes and no. So, I mean, what I would say is that Philadelphia fans care an insane amount about their teams. And so can that go over the edge sometimes? Sure. But I think all, basically all fan bases can go over the edge sometimes. Philadelphia fans, they just, they care so much and they invest so much of their lives in their teams that there are going to be some times where it goes over the edge. But I think for the most part, I think it is positive energy. And I think in a lot of ways, it's, it's just there's just a loyalty there yeah. and there's a certain feeling all the positive energy of Phillies fans coming out after the losses. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just think there's a lot of, it's a very parochial city. Yeah. It's very much like if you're part of it, you get it. And if you're not, you don't. And I get that. Like, that's just the way Philly is. But I don't think that I, I don't think that Philadelphia fans are like inherently more violent than other fans or anything like that. I just think that Philadelphia fans are are louder. There's okay. there's an East Coast, an East Coast thing, Definitely. like I, same I, thing I with New, New York and Boston, sure. and they just are who they are. All right. Speaking of over the edge, <laughs> Eagles fans threw snowballs at Santa. <laughs> oh no! Phillies fans threw batteries at JD Drew. Yeah, we're like two fly. <laughs> <laughs> Flyers fans threw light up bracelets on the ice. Yeah, I was there for that one. What's wrong with Sixers fans? <laughs> yeah, what 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 can they throw? Right? Right. Like, talk to me. What, what what's going on there? That's How come they haven't question. called suit yet? That's a really good question. Yeah, Sixers fans, get 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 in the game. <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> All right, Lydia, oh my up. gosh, uh, I'm curious about the the current mood about Phillies teams because honestly, when you take a look across the board, I mean, the Eagles they made the Super Bowl last year; they're in the contention again this year. The Sixers have the fifth best title odds. The Phillies made it to the NLCS before they lost to the D-backs. Go D-backs! Uh, and the Flyers are better than expected. So, what's kind of the current mood about Philadelphia teams? Well, the thing with Philadelphia fans is that they're their default emotion is despair. So, <laughs> so uh, you would think they would be happier than they actually are, but they're not. I, I think there is a feeling where, yes, the teams are good. The Flyers are the only team that was expected to be bad. And they are actually, no, they're not title contending good, but they're better than expected. However, most of the focus is on the fact that all well, the Eagles lost Super Bowl last year. The Phillies lost the World Series and then lost in the NLCS this year. The Sixers can't get out of the second round. It's it's about what they can't do, hmm. not what they have done. <laughs> and you could say that's fair or not, but like that's that's what being a fan is. It's that feeling of we got to win a title. Yeah, they're playing well, but they got to win a title. All right. Pats and Geno's get all the pub. What are the best cheesesteaks in Philly? Ooh, good question. Um, my personal favorite is Steve's, which is in Northeast Philly, uh, which is where I grew up. I grew up in the, in the Northeast section of the city. Um, definitely my favorite. Uh, John's Rose Pork is also really good. Um, that's probably the one I like the most that if you're actually visiting Philadelphia to go to a game. Uh, that's okay, so that's close? That's closer to like the South Philly Stadium. So okay. that would be that would be my, my recommendation if you're in town to watch a sporting event. If you're in town for anything else and you have some time, Steve's is my go-to. All, All right. right. No flat. Yeah, we got to ask. We got to ask the question, the most important question. This right? is like the one that I've been waiting to ask all show. What's Gritty like? Gritty is exactly <laughs> what you would expect. He is completely nuts. <laughs> have or, you been assaulted by him? I have not. Oh, well, actually, okay. Sorry about that, though. I, I have not been, I have not been assaulted. However, <laughs> at the Flyers Charity Carnival last season, 
I volunteered to be in the dunk tank and I was dunked by Gritty because Gritty threw three balls at the target, missed all three, and then said, screw it. I'm going to run up to the target and drop kick it. So I was drop kick dunked by Gritty. I can say that. Not many people can say that. That's phenomenal. We are a huge Gritty fan. Literally the best mascot in professional yeah. sports. So good. Just, there's no competition. Sorry. We love him. We love Howler, but sorry. Gritty's, yeah, no. Gritty's number one. It's Gritty's like, world. It's hands down. Hands down. Oh, man. Uh, this has been so much fun. And another place you can have fun is Gila River Resorts and Casinos. If you haven't been, I just went to a Wild Horse Pass recently for a Cardinals watch party. Amazing, amazing casino. Um, they have great restaurants in there, food. It was beautiful. As I mentioned, they have a kachina on the craps table. What more can you ask for? Um, so you do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. You can visit play at Gila.com for more details. Also, great staycation spot, especially mm-hmm. this time of year. Uh, the weather is nice. Or for those who are visiting from out of town, you can stay at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. They have locations all over the valley. So check it out. And last but not least, it's December. It's 80 degrees. Charlie, I hope you packed your Shady Rays because it's sunny here. It's like not a not a cloud in the sky as I look sure did. out yep. the window. Um, Shady Rays, we love. Are we going to have a new spokesperson, by the way? We dump, Do we dump Jason Demers? Are we no. Gonna Jason, Jordan, is it going to be Jordan Schmaltz now? That I don't know. In? But J.D. Rays just flows off the tongue. And, and J.D. We, Rays does And work, we so. know that he is the number one spokesperson of Shady Rays. He loves his Shady Rays. So check them out. Also a great holiday gift for yourself or all the people you're gifting for. And right now for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200 and 50,000 people. Well, before we let you go, the Sun Show is literally staring us down because they're next. But well, they get physical too. I'm just curious so. very quickly, like before before we wrap up, what do you guys expect for tomorrow? Do the Coyotes continue? Do they sweep the homestand? Do the Flyers come in and spoil it? What are your predictions for tomorrow night? I mean, they, they've only had one other 5-0 homestand in their entire history in the Valley. I tweeted that this morning. Um, and it would be it would be so Coyotes, wouldn't it, to lose this game? Oh, yeah. Beat all the previous cup champs yeah. and then lose the I was going to say. But you, it's not like it's yeah. a bad team that they're losing yeah. to. No, it yeah. was a good team this year. Uh, so. I was going to say, do you think this team, because you obviously know way more about the Coyotes than I do, do you think this team is prone to, after beating all those high-end cup contenders, to overlook the Flyers? It's hard to say, with because uh, I can't even say this early in the season with with all the changeover on this team, whether I, I, I know their identity yet. What I do know right now is... Connor Ingram's playing lights yeah. out in goal. He's just been absurdly good. I'm going to have a story on him tomorrow, actually, that dives into that a little uh, in a little more detail. But I don't know. What, what are you seeing from the Flyers recently in this recent stretch? Well, I think they... I could theoretically see this being a little bit of a letdown game, a little bit, just because they just finished up a run of eight straight games against division rivals. They just mm. played two straight games against their biggest rival, and the Pittsburgh Penguins swept that home and home. This is a game where... You know, I I saw them overlook the San Jose Sharks. I do wonder if they might overlook the Coyotes, especially knowing they got to go to Denver in two days, two mm. days after to play the the Colorado Avalanche. I, if I had to bet, I would bet they lose this game. I just think the Coyotes are rolling right now, <laughs> and they're just they're they're riding the vibes. I don't think the vibes yeah. <laughs> are quite at the same level for the Flyers. Yeah. But that's why I was asking you if you thought that they might overlook the Flyers, because to me that would be that would be. That would flip my opinion if the Coyotes are a team that gets up to play against the real good teams and then f- like falters when they play against a team that maybe doesn't have that yeah. same reputation. This is a getaway game, and they've got Boston and Pittsburgh, two buildings where they historically play really poorly coming up on this next three-game road trip. So, 
I would, I would imagine they'll be dialed in for this one. They've had two days off, so they should be pretty focused. Well, it should be an interesting one. We're excited, and we'll be live tomorrow night on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel to break it all down. So be sure to subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube. And if you're listening on audio or prefer to listen on audio, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Leah Merrill, at Craig S. Morgan, at Charlie O underscore Con, C-O-N-N. I had to look it up. <laughs> and of course, you can follow at PHLY underscore Flyers to follow along with those guys and follow us at phnx underscore coyotes thank you again charlie for stopping by it's been great to have you and uh everybody enjoy the rest of your wednesday and we'll see you all tomorrow